quiz time. Yay! Well, good morning. Final morning. Exciting and sad. We get to finish off the book of Colossians. And as you look in your booklets, ignore the words again. Some things are different. So you can just write around them yet again. Well, I have a question. Do any of you know what a djembe drum is? A djembe drum. There's a couple. I see a few hands. Have a look at the screen. This is what a djembe drum is. It's very pretty. It's got a dolphin on it. They don't all have dolphins. But I thought in around your age, I think I was in year six or seven, I want to make a djembe drum. Because obviously when you're in year six or seven, you don't have $700 or $300 or however much it costs to, make, uh, to buy one. So I set about making one. Next slide. This is what I did. I went to Bunnings. I got a plastic pot and I got a little bit of PVC pipe. And I connected them with lots and lots of duct tape. And then I gave up because I didn't know what to do next. Couldn't figure out how to put something on top. I thought maybe a beach ball, but then it wouldn't work and it snapped. And I had no idea what to do next, so I gave up. Yesterday, there was a bunch of you who began following Christ. That is so exciting. What a joy. Others of you may have committed to Christ at earlier points in your life, and still others are still figuring out who you think Jesus is. But for all of you, not long from now, you're going to go home from camp. And the buzz of camp is going to wear off. You'll go back to normal life. And so the purpose of this morning is to finish what you started, to encourage you to finish what you started. And as Rory said in the video, we want to think about how we can do it together as a community. Let's pray and then get stuck into it. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gospel. Help us this morning to consider how we might continue in it, partnering together in this ministry. Amen. Well, have a look, as always, in your Bible, so you know it's not coming from my head, but from the Bible. Verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule, be the king in your heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. So Christ Church Youth, you are called to peace with God and peace with one another. So as you continue to live with one another this year, as you go home and go to youth group, be at peace with one another. Let peace rule in your hearts and be thankful. I've seen that this week. You guys have done that so well. You've served each other. You've made sure to look out for those who maybe are a bit on the outer at lunches and dinners, you've been doing this. It's been fantastic to see. Keep that going when you get home. Verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. I want to encourage you to let this message dwell among you richly. Now let's think about what that means. Yesterday, there were a couple of us who did Gospel 101. So I'm going to put one of them on the spot. Yuna, can you remember the four words? Starts with God, man, Christ response. Well done, Yuna. This is an easy way to remember the Gospel. God, man, Christ response. I'm going to tell you this so you can remember the ways in which you can encourage one another to have the message dwell among you richly. So God, we've learnt that God made the world. He made us rulers of the world under him. But what did man do? Well, we rejected him. We turned aside from him. We said we want to live our own life, our own way without him. Christ, what did he do? He came into the world that even though we've rejected God, he might save us. And he died on the cross, and he was raised to new life, and is now Lord of the universe. And so response, the question is, how will you respond to him? And so maybe to help you as a community to dwell, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, you could remember those four words, God, man, Christ, response. And then as you think about it yourself, you could have that dwell in your heart. And maybe you can think about different elements of it that you could encourage each other with as we go forward. What I'm saying is to be like a cow. Do you know cows have four stomachs? They have, well, one stomach, four stomachs, whatever it is. If you look here, the food goes in... They chew it, and it kind of gets a bit regurgitated, and then it maybe goes into the next stomach, and then it gets regurgitated, comes back up, and then the next stomach, and then it keeps going in and out. That's kind of what it means to have the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Parts of it come out, and you, you reflect on it, and then other parts come out, and you dwell on it, and it gets stuck in your head and in your heart. This is why we have Bible readings and teaching at youth camp and at youth group and at church so it can dwell among you richly. That's why I've been encouraging you to tell you to keep your Bibles open, to make sure you're reading what's there. Maybe for you personally, you might like to start a daily devotion so that you can keep the message dwelling richly. Let's keep going. Verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So as you do all this, and as you do other things, whatever it is that you're doing, do it all in the name of the Lord, because he's the one that you serve. Let Jesus be the driving force behind what you do. Not because someone told you to do it, or just because you think, I probably should, but because you do it for the Lord. You aren't serving man. So verse 15, 16, 17, they all seem to naturally flow from what we've been talking about. But then we come to verse 18, and it seems like an odd shift. Paul starts talking about wives and husbands and families. It seems super weird. 
Have a look at verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. So what's going on? Well, we've been told so far to put all this stuff to death and to put on all this stuff that's like Jesus. And we've kind of been told that as a whole. In general, all of us should do this. But now Paul is trying to get really specific. He's telling different people what they should be thinking about, what they should be doing. It's kind of like when you're on a sporting team and your coach tells everyone the instructions. I want you all to do this, this and this. But then he pulls aside different players and he says, hey, because you're in this role, you should do this. Because you're in this position on the field, you should do this. It's a little bit like that here. And so let's look at the different instructions. The first one is to wives. Wives, submit yourself to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now the idea of submission is one of the most beautiful in the Bible. It really is. But lots of people don't understand it. To understand what Paul is getting at, we need to think about what marriage actually is. And there's a lot of confusion about what marriage is in our society today. Whenever you think about marriage, the first thing you should think about is the ultimate marriage between Jesus Christ and his church, his bride. See, there is actually, earthly marriage reflects an ultimate marriage between Jesus and his bride, the church. It is a union that displays the precious love Jesus has for his people. It's a picture of true love, gospel love. So marriage between a man and a woman reflects this. Both partners are equal, equal in value, equal in worth, but they have different God-given roles for their gender. So, a wife submitting to her husband is a pointer to how the church submits to Christ. Husbands loving their wife is a pointer to how Christ loves the church. And how did he love them? He laid his life down for them. He wasn't harsh with them. Submission is crucial to marriage fulfilling its God-designed purpose. And this submission, it's always voluntary. Husbands aren't to demand it or anything like that. But what does it look like practically? Well, it looks like a wife lovingly and voluntarily submitting to her husband's attempts to love her like Jesus, to submit to his offer to do the dishes at home, to submit to his encouragements that they should go to church even though they're tired, to submit, to voluntarily submit to his efforts to do maybe family devotions. Isn't this a beautiful idea? And after all, the best example you see of submission is actually Jesus submitting to his Father. It's a beautiful picture. God is not calling women to be dominated by men or anything like that, and men aren't to ever force someone to submit, but it's called to reflect the ultimate marriage between Christ and the church. Now you might think, 
well, I'm in year six, seven, eight, why do I need to think about this? Well, firstly, as you look at other marriages, you can see modelled Christ and the church. And as you grow older, it is very important that you understand what marriage is and relationships. Because for many of you, you're thinking about relationships or you're about to start thinking about them. And really, these deeper, intimate relationships, their purpose is to consider whether they can lead to marriage, lead to what we've just been talking about. And so, if you're a girl, a good question, maybe if you're thinking about it now or in the future, a good question to ask is, will this guy be able to love me or do his best to love me like Jesus? And can I submit to that? If you're a guy, a good question to ask is, can I lay my life down for this woman? As Christ did for the church. Guys, as you think about it, is she willing to respect and submit to your initiative? Does she push you to be like Christ? Does she encourage you to go to church or youth group? And I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here, but it's not always super wise to date when you're in early high school. It's not always super wise, because if the purpose of dating is to see whether it can lead to marriage, well, if you're in early high school, you've got five, six, seven, eight more years before you actually get to that point. And so it can be an unwise thing to do that. Now, the relationship of marriage is also very clear in the Bible that it is between a man and a woman. God loves those in the world, in our world, those of you in this room who may experience same-sex attraction. He absolutely proved that by dying on the cross. The relationship of marriage, however, by God's design is exclusive to a man and a woman because their difference reflects Christ and the church, reflects the ultimate marriage. And so a same-sex union can't reflect what marriage is designed to do. And so if you do now or one day experience same-sex attraction, know that you are loved. The gospel is for you. Jesus died for you. At the same time, The Bible is clear that marriage is an exclusive relationship for one man and one woman for life. And so if this is you now or in the future, make sure to chat to a leader. It's not a taboo or anything for them to chat to you. They'd love to hear you. They'd love to talk to you about it. And for all of us, we must remember what we learnt yesterday. We are full in Christ. We don't need anything more than Christ. And so actually, you don't need a relationship. You don't need an intimate relationship. They are good things, but you don't need one. Singleness is a fantastic thing. In fact, in many ways, it can be better than marriage. You have everything you need in Jesus. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. 
Now you all want me to skip this verse, don't you? Don't talk to us about this. I don't want to know. Well, I'm sorry, but it is there. And it's very clear. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. If you are under your parents' roof, which you all are, or maybe just the people who look after you, as long as your parents are not asking you to do something ungodly, the Bible says to honour them, to obey them. And if you think about it, what you're really doing as you obey them is you're modelling how Jesus obeyed his Father. How did he obey his Father? Well, ultimately, he went to the cross. So, honour your parents. Do what they tell you to do. And don't argue with them. Verse 21, Father, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Verse 22, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eyes on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Now we know slavery is an evil and horrible thing in the way we think about it. This passage isn't endorsing slavery. It's not saying slavery is a good thing. No, but... There is a reality that there are many with earthly masters. There are many people who have earthly masters. And if you look there, they are to work as if working for the Lord. The closest we might experience to have an earthly master is maybe your teachers. Maybe one day you'll get a job and have a boss. And so you can honour them. You can honour your teachers as if working for the Lord. When your teacher asks you to do something or to do work, you're not just doing your work because they tell you to. You know that you're doing it because you're, you're actually really working for the Lord, doing it as if you're working for the Lord. And in verse 24, uh, 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. For verse 1, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you have a master in heaven. And for verse 2, this is an excellent way for us to consider how we keep going in the gospel. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. You guys can commit to prayer. You can encourage others with how you pray. Do you know, I've heard of so many people who've come to know Jesus because their friends in year six or seven and eight said, hey, um, do you mind if I pray for you about that? Or they might say, hey, um, I know you've been going through a hard time. I've actually been praying for you. It can be really encouraging for them. And keep going. Paul says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Paul says to pray for him as a gospel worker. He wanted them to partner with him in their ministry by praying for them. So he proclaimed the gospel as he proclaimed the gospel. 
That's what all that funny Tychicus stuff is that he's talking about a bit later on. You know, send Tychicus and Alexander and uh, Aristarchus, Onesimus, Mark, Justice, Epaphras, Luke, Demas, Nympha. All these people were working hard that people might know this incredible gospel of Jesus. And you guys actually have people like that among you. Josh who is your youth minister, he works very hard among you for you to know the gospel and for others too as well. Maybe you could commit to praying for him, partnering with him, supporting him as he does the work of the Lord. We met Nigel yesterday, your senior minister. He works hard among you and among some of your families that you might know Jesus. You've got other ministers at the church, Elliot, James, Anton, Lauren, but you also have your youth leaders. They work hard among you for you to know the gospel. They do it together so that you can hear about Jesus and grow in him. So why don't you commit to praying for them too? I, this weekend, have been working hard among you to teach you the gospel. And so you can pray for me. Wouldn't it be cool if I was able to hear from Josh reports of how you've been continuing in the gospel, how you've been continuing to bear fruit and grow? Wouldn't that be awesome this year? But ultimately, as we finish camp, the most helpful two verses for us to keep going in the gospel, to finish what we started are found in verse chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. We haven't looked at them this weekend because I wanted to finish with them and I'll leave you with these. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness.